Hi, and welcome to the Healthy Family Law Attorney. I'm Tom Marks with the Marks Law Firm here in Orlando, Florida. And today we're going to talk about how do you calculate child support in Florida? Well, in Florida, we have a statute. Uh, Florida Statute 61.30 is the primary place that tells us how to calculate child support in Florida. So let's begin. Okay, so the first thing we have to determine is what are the gross incomes of the parties? Now, if a husband and wife or the partners in say a paternity case um, have W-2 wages or work for employers that issue a salary, um, that we can get that income pretty easily. It's only difficult when you have someone who's getting paid under the table or has a business who can hide income uh, by plowing it back into the business and that can get somewhat complicated. But let's just suffice to say we can determine the gross incomes of the parties. So what is gross income? Let's take a look at uh, chapter 61. So under subsection 2A, 1 through 14, the statute sets out what constitutes income. So looking at that, 1 through 14, 1, salary or wages, 2, bonuses, 3, business income, 4, disability benefits, 5, workers' compensation benefits, settlements, uh, six, basically unemployment compensation, seven, pension, retirement and annuity payments, eight, social security benefits, nine, spousal support received uh, from a previous marriage, um, 10, interest and dividends, 11, rental income, 12, income from royalties, trusts or estates, that's not as common. 13, reimbursed expenses or in-kind payments to the extent they reduce living expenses. And 14 is uh, gains derived from dealings and property, unless the gains are uh, non-recurring. So let's talk about a couple of these. Reimbursed expenses um, or in-kind payments, what are those? Well, let's say the spouse or the partner is receiving a car allowance or gets their meals reimbursed or some other uh, expense that reduces their daily living expenses, even though that's not typically um, thought of as income, that is included as income. So if there's a six, $700 a month lease payment for the car paid by the employer, that's six or $700 more in income to base the child support on, okay? Things like retirement and pension and all that, people don't think about also, but if someone is receiving retirement income or some other source of income other than from an employer, it's still considered income. All right, so that's gross income and those are the 14 different things you should talk with your attorney about if you have any sense that your partner or spouse is receiving those types of monies. Okay. 
So from the gross income, you then take what are the allowable deductions because we have to arrive at net income because net income is what is used to put into the formula in Florida. And yes, in Florida, we have child support guideline worksheets, formulas to determine what the child support is, unlike alimony that we don't have a formula for. And there are several software programs that are used to calculate child support. Our firm happens to use the family law software. There's another program called DPA. Some people have used another program called uh, FinPlan. So um, gross income minus deductions. Let's talk about what are allowable deductions. Okay, let's look at chapter 61 of the Florida statutes again specifically subsection three, A through G. So starting with A, federal, state, and local taxes are deductions. B, federal insurance contributions or self-employment tax. C, mandatory union dues. D, mandatory retirement payments. E, health insurance payments. This is for the parents and F court ordered support for children, which is actually paid, has to be paid by the parent, not just ordered and G spousal support paid pursuant to a court order from a previous marriage. Okay. So these are the deductions. So a couple of interesting things here. If, um, and I've had this happen your spouse or partner has gotten someone else pregnant or they're um, in a relationship with someone else and you think they may have a child with that other person, then you want to get your child support ordered prior to that other person getting their child support ordered because your child support will be less if your partner or spouse has a child support order already um, in place and they're making child support payments to someone else. I know that sounds bizarre, but it's something to think about. Same thing with alimony and a prior relationship, marriage. Um, If your spouse or partner is paying um, alimony pursuant to a court order, then that's also going to reduce their income and reduce the child support awarded. Okay, so now we have gross income minus allowable deductions equals net income. That gets plugged into the formula. All right, the next thing you're going to look at is health insurance premiums paid for the minor children. Whichever parent is paying those is going to get that as included in the child support guideline formula to if they're the payor spouse, it's going to reduce the child support they pay. If it's the payee spouse or or partner that's receiving the child support, then it's going to increase the child support to help cover that health insurance premium for the minor children. Okay, child care expenses paid for the minor children. This can be before school, after school care. Uh, again, the parent paying this gets a, a reduction in the child support they pay. Or, or they get uh, an increase depending on if they're the payor or the payee spouse. All right, so let's look at the next one. Okay, this is a big one. 
the number of overnights awarded or agreed upon uh, to the parties. So substantial contact starts at 20% of overnights. The more overnights, let's say dad has in this case, and let's say dad is the one paying the child support, the more overnights dad gets, the less child support he will pay, right? And so the more overnights mom in this situation has, the more child support she will receive. And this is a big issue in these cases because oftentimes in this type of case, mom feels like dad wants more overnights just so he'll pay less child support. And dads often say, look, I want to be an involved parent and I want to have equal time sharing. So I want at least 50% of the overnights. Yes, that decreases the child support, but that's what I want because I, I want to be an involved parent. Well, one thing uh, can be done, doesn't have to be done, but if dad in this example is capable of paying the court ordered child support at say, 80, 20%, uh, meaning mom has 80% of overnight status 20. And dad is actually exercising 50% of overnights and having been awarded 50% of overnights, then dad can agree to pay the child support based on the less number of overnights to kind of get rid of that argument that is only doing it for the purpose of reducing the child support. So he can enjoy more overnights um, if he can afford to pay uh, some more uh, child support. We usually do the calculations for our client so that they can see it. What would the child support be if it's an 80% mom, 20% dad, 70% um, mom, 30% dad, 60% mom, 40% uh, dad, and 50-50. Again, it can be either parent paying child support. It, it really uh, is gender neutral. It just depends on uh, who makes more money, who's paying health insurance, who's paying daycare costs, what is the overnight schedule. But we can provide um, a whole series of scenarios on the child support with the number of overnights to show that it, it sometimes really doesn't make that big of a difference on the amount of child support. And that can help resolve the case and avoid a lot of litigation and a lot of unnecessary attorney's fees. Okay, so let's move on to the next issue. Child support is a matter of public policy in the state of Florida. What does that mean? The state of Florida has a vested interest in making sure that child support is paid. Why? Because the state believes that if able-bodied parents do not pay child support, then the parent who has the children and who is not receiving the child support is more likely to become a welfare recipient and get state assistance or public assistance. And so the state doesn't want to have to pay that when there's a parent able to pay child support. So child support is for the minor children, not for the parents. And so the parents are not permitted to waive child support. And I know that there are circumstances where, let's say 
I hate to be stereotypical again, but let's say mom says, I really just want to have the kids. I don't want dad's involvement. I don't want to have to have him around all the time. I'll just waive the child support. Or um, if he gives me the vast majority of overnights, then I'll just waive child support. The family law judge will not permit that. Um, the parties may agree to that in uh, the marital settlement agreement or the parenting plan. And then the judge at the hearing will say, where are the child support guidelines? Okay, well, the guidelines say dad's supposed to pay this amount. Why isn't he? Mom is not allowed to waive the child support. Dad wouldn't be allowed to waive it either. So we're going to go ahead and impose a child support obligation, even though the parties said they were going to waive it. Okay, so next, child support is paid through when? Well, through the age of majority. That's age 18 in Florida. However, there is a provision that if, if you do write it into the agreement, child support can continue up to age 19 if the minor child is in high school performing in good faith with an expectation that they will graduate before age 19. Okay, so don't forget to make sure to include that if you think there's a possibility that one of the minor children may not graduate high school before or about the age of 18. That would help uh, continue the child support to age 19. Okay, another factor about child support that you may want to know is what if one of the parents or both have a change in their incomes in the future? Let's say the payor spouse has an increase in their income and the payee spouse, either it stays the same, maybe goes up a little bit or even goes down. So then the question is, what happens? Does the child support change? Well, the statute says that if when the party's incomes change, the child support guideline calculations show that the child support would go up either $50 or 15% per month, then that's deemed a substantial change and that the child support would then increase. So let's give this an example. Let's say the child support is $1,000 a month and the incomes of the parties change such that the child support guidelines come out to be uh, $1,200. Well, that's more than 15% and certainly more than $50. So the 15% on $1,000 would be $1,150. So $1,200 would be deemed a substantial change such that the child support would increase. Okay. So going back in the future for an increase and it works the other way too. If it decreases $50 or 15%, then there uh, can be a decrease in the child support. All right. When we have all of the factors included gross income, minus deductions, so net income, and then you have the number of overnights, the health insurance, and the ch uh, child uh, daycare or child care calculated. The, the statute says that the child support uh, cannot deviate from the child support guidelines calculation up or down 
more than 5%. So if the child support guideline worksheet says it should be $1,000 a month, it can't be more than $1,050 awarded or less than $950 awarded unless there are written findings of good cause why it should be more or less than that. I typically don't see it ever less than the guideline amount, but I have seen many times the child support awarded more uh, more than 5% above the guideline amount. And it's often done for reasons like there's a special needs requirement of the minor children or minor child. Um, there may be special uh, medical attention, prescriptions that uh, increase the costs and the needs of the minor child. There's some other factors in the statute we can get into. You can ask your attorney about those if there should be a deviation above the child support guideline worksheet amount. Okay, so the last thing I want to talk about with child support is something called imputation of income. Most people have not heard of the word impute or imputation. What that means is when there's a case where one of the partners or one of the spouses is voluntarily unemployed or underemployed, then the court can impute income if the moving party or the party trying to impose the imputation can prove that the other partner or spouse is one, voluntarily underemployed or unemployed, two, that there are actual jobs out there available, and three, that the other parent or partner is qualified by education, experience, or otherwise. And so typically requires a VRE, which is a vocational rehabilitative expert, to come in and say, yes, these jobs are available. Yes, this person is qualified to do that job. And this is what that job or other jobs that are available in the community are paying. And then the court, if the burden of proof is carried, will impute that income. So let's say um, uh, one spouse is um, alleged to be work uh, to be underemployed and they're only making $10,000 a year and they have a master's degree and, and they speak uh, a number of foreign languages and they've had jobs in the recent past where they've made a six-figure salary and so you put on that evidence and testimony and the judge says yes that spouse is underemployed it's voluntary i make all these findings and they um, i'm imputing income of one hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year to that spouse and i'm going to calculate the child support based on that higher income. That's an actual story from one of my prior cases where I was able to prove um, that the other spouse had that um, level of experience, those qualifications, education, and what had been making over a six-figure salary. So the court did impute that higher income. Okay, so that's how child support is calculated in Florida, the factors from gross income, deductions, net income, the other factors that go into the child support guideline worksheet, the formula, and then how to modify, how to impute and so forth. So I hope this uh, video has been helpful because I believe your family matters. 
My purpose is to provide hope and help to families to successfully navigate the family law process in a healthy way. So it's important to make sure that there is sufficient child support paid for the needs of the minor children. Remember, this is not for the parties themselves, the parents, this is for the minor children. The court will always look at what is in the best interest of the minor children and will award child support based on that best interest. So I hope you found value in this video today. If you've uh, liked it, please hit that like button. If you'd like to receive uh, videos in the future, hit that bell icon, subscribe to the channel, and don't miss any future videos that are coming out. Uh, thank you so much for being part of the channel today, and I'll see you next time.